since the creation of the Sprinter van. Hi, I'm Sarah. Shit. This is one fucking call. spam call. Wait, was that Sarah Koenig trying to fuck up our shit? <laughs> Welcome to episode two of Dumb 101, the smart podcast about dumb shit. My name is Anna, and I'm so happy to be here with my two co-hosts, Sarah and Christine. If you listen to our first episode, you know we're here to talk about what other podcasts are missing when it comes to Bravo reality shows. You won't hear any minute-by-minute recaps, but you will hear smart people talk about really dumb shit. And what are we talking about today? Well, Bravo just aired part two of the Vanderpump Rules reunion, The Scandal content is relentless, and somehow it just keeps getting even crazier. There's so much to listen to, watch, read, and sniff out when it comes to the best thing that's happened to reality TV since the creation of the Sprinter van. So let's get to it. What are we going to talk about today, guys? There's so much stuff. There's a lot. Where do we even begin? It was for a part two of a reunion, an incredible episode. Hmm. Yeah. I did watch the Peacock, um, whatever it's called, Pumped Up, Uncensored mm-hmm. Pumped Up. And there were some real like nuggets in there, but they were tiny. I was shocked at how much they kept for the Peacock version. Yeah, like there was one little thing that was so tiny, like about, I mean, this isn't scandalous, but like James buying his house that they mm-hmm. didn't hear. And I was like, wow, good for him. And then there was that, um, God, there was something else. Oh, the whole IUD thing. That was like mm-hmm. sort of the main, the main airing. Of- Did they go more into that? I didn't watch the full pumped up. Oh, I didn't. Mi- I missed the IUD thing during the, the live mm. episode. Was it in there? It was in the live, but I feel oh. like there was like more of a beat, I think. Oh. Yeah. A lot of people I saw like after the fact were saying like, what did Tom say? Um, on Twitter mm-hmm. but to me it was very clear but I think it was a like blink you miss it kind of moment mm-hmm. there was a longer segment too that I was like huh that's interesting that's a really big segment for them to have nothing about it um on the on the air you know on the regular version but I now I don't remember what it was I know. um I do okay just to kind of start us off with a fun one. Um, I love, I love Allie. I'm really getting to really like her. I like mm-hmm. her vibe. Um, I thought it was so funny <laughs> that Andy was like, yeah, did you, you, so you saw the show, like, did you object to anything that, you know, James said? And then of course there was like the clip package of every fucking terrible thing that James has ever said and heinous, heinous things. And she's mm-hmm. like, absolutely. Absolutely. She said, I don't think the word fat should ever be said. That's the only thing she objected to. I know. And like, (laughs) that's not even the right take. Like, you can say the word fat. It's just we shouldn't be equating fat with anything negative. Like, it's (laughs) and so like her hot take is like, is that that's it's really interesting. It's It's really interesting crazy during that that Schwartz was like yeah he called my mom fat (laughs) yeah he said uh, he called my mom fat in the very first text message he ever sent me imagine being the 
the first text receiving you send someone. the first text from someone ever and it's like your mom is mad your mom is mad. <laughs> i feel like we could have a whole podcast just breaking down the psychology of james kennedy um yes. my favorite james kennedy uh, fact is that he lived in portland maine as a child oh really wow. <laughs> yeah that's he didn't grow oh so is his mom from maine no she's she's giving maine but i'm not sure he's giving she's, maine she, she's giving she like is. non-coastal james? maine james right mom. like i don't know actually where she's the from. british one? Oh no that's the dad the, it's the dad the yeah, dad yeah. is like <laughs> Like he looks like if PK went through like a washing machine, that's oh, when you'd get James's father. Mm. Wait, <laughs> I I was watching some of the older shows, and when he when he was on when he was introduced, I, I was like, this is this isn't real. Like this can't be real. And James is so proud of his father, and that makes me so sad. And and to know, and to think that he this man facilitated with the mom allegedly from Maine for James to take his first steps in a Tiffany's. That's I it, don't all it. that I can think of is that was her justifying that she was a good mother. Yeah. Was that he took his first I, and I call steps that, in Tiffany's. I call bullshit on that. I think that's apocryphal. I think that's just a story. Yeah, that's definitely just a story. There's no basically what she's saying is you spent so much time at Tiffany's when you were a baby that that's where you took your first step. And what it's a like, weird flex. Yeah, yeah, actually, like that's not a place you just like chill out at. It's also like not You're even baby. don't tell Audrey Hepburn that. I just don't even <laughs> like what are you just like casually, like casually shopping for some rings? I, don't I just remember his, for a lot with your toddler no thanks yeah that just means you're not like holding your toddler at tiffany's like it's you know he's just like wandering around or you have like a nanny with him i don't i don't think they had nannies really don't no george michael george michael is not you know he didn't pay for a nanny i just remember the mom demanding money from him and, uh-huh. and being upset that he wasn't sending enough money to her and her, that was what, when the Tiffany's thing came up and all that was like, basically you're on a repayment plan for me choosing to have a child and bring you into this world. Now you got to um, pay me some money. So mm-hmm. that makes Wow. Sense. It's like reparations. Kind of. <laughs> I do like that James can <laughs> is able to say with a straight face, uh, no, I don't have any childhood trauma. You know, oh, that was the best. That was absolutely the best. I don't have any childhood trauma. I'd love to hear like, Allie's. Cut to, yeah, cut to like every other moment we've seen James on television. Absolutely. He is childhood trauma yeah. personified. I loved how we kicked off with Lala, or we picked back up where we left off, where Lala was yelling at Sandoval saying, you told me to share more of my life while you were doing this. And I thought Mm -hmm. that was just like a great juxtaposition of how he's always telling people to like take accountability and to, you know, all, it just has all this feedback Mm -hmm. criticism for others when yet it's so he's living. Remember when he told Stassi that she couldn't be on the show because her boyfriend didn't want to be on the show. 
And it's like, we're, we're telling everything. Like we're having, every, we we're putting everything out here and like, you're not doing anything. And it's like, dude, not only, I don't know. He, he says that he, he that they were keeping a lot back, like from the show, which Ariana said, no, not, no. That's not the narrative. All. That is like yeah. capital T capital N the narrative that he's selling. Mm-hmm. And it's, I want to, I need to talk so much about this. I'm so grateful we, for the, this opportunity we this have venue. because here. I am bursting at the seams to discuss this. I mean, I almost just want to jump right to jump Rachel. In. Thank you. Rachel and Tom in the trailer. Oh, like, oh, oh my God. Let's oh my so, God. Okay. I think, okay. Where do we even begin? So her starting to see the cracks in Tom's story, I think is what we were seeing in real time, which I think is why eventually Tom was panicking, kicked over a Diet Coke and was like, I don't want to film, whatever. It's because he needed to start doing um, like repair work on Mm -hmm. his story that was starting to become unraveled through Sheena saying, you guys had been intimate recently, things were good. And Rachel was saying, I don't quote, I don't love the way your relationship is coming across, which was <laughs> hysterical. Um, but uh, it felt like in that moment, don't freak out at me, guys. I really felt like Rachel has been brainwashed. And I'm not saying that she isn't to blame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think she's fully culpable. She is an adult. Mm-hmm. But I also see the level of um spin and um like deep deep deception that she has been on the receiving end of from this man i also think that she's a very easily manipulated person and we see that too like and and i'm sure that they have their best the best intentions for her but her parents i mean she's an adult woman like and her parents are telling her like you're not allowed to go on the show her parents have also called her and she's mentioned her parents calling her and telling her like explaining things to her um, in the past. And I think that she, you know, not only is he kind of this person who pushes a narrative and pushes, you know, could push the same story over and over and over again until you fall in line. I think she's very easily manipulated. I don't think she's got a lot to ground her in her own personality. And this, this theme of, this theme of Tom coaching like comes mm-hmm. up a lot throughout this mm-hmm. episode, you know, like Ariana said it repeatedly, like, Oh, you know, you need to, you know, like you need to get up cause you need to go coach Raquel or like blah, blah, blah. They talk about like him coaching either Ariana or Raquel or, I mean, it seems like he did it to other people too, but it's like, yeah, he definitely, is coming through as more of this like puppet master like master manipulator than he has in previous or ever you know it's like that's definitely like the picture that's getting painted i i completely agree with that something that came up in the longer version too that ariana Mm -hmm. said that um uh that he used to say um you know whenever somebody's saying something that you don't agree with um, don't let them finish a sentence 
Right. And that's something that he used to say to her. And she, and he then started freaking out and saying like, no, that's what you used to say. That's what you used to say. And he said it over and over and over. It was really wild. Actually. It was like psycho behavior. Yeah. He was very, much more aggressive in the pumped up version. Like you saw a lot more of like these interjections and stuff in the pumped up version than, than yeah. what aired. Totally. I think this is starting to paint the picture for me of what probably Ariana is starting to realize about herself and how she started this relationship with Tom and the Mm -hmm. like web of lies at a different level, but still the web of lies that was being spun and sold to her by Tom to Mm -hmm. sort of say, Kristen and I are ending. We don't have, you know, like the stuff we talked about, we ran through this last time, but to me, that's the coaching, the grooming, the whatever you want to call it that happens Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that he's able to get away with this sort of like parlay into the new relationship and make it so that these people who probably like if someone walked up to Rachel on the street and was like do you want to cheat on Ariana's boy you cheat you know do you want Tom Mm -hmm. to cheat with Tom like Ariana's whatever like I don't think she would say yes I think it's that like frog in the boiling water type thing that like slowly this started and you, if you can buy into these little lies and slowly it, you can probably swallow a whole lot of bullshit that felt impossible at first. But now that you've come this far, you're almost willing to believe this false reality that you now live in, which isn't to say that she shouldn't have any point have said like, this is so fucked up. We need to stop or tell them or whatever. Mm-hmm. But to me, it logically, it seems to fit with what his pattern has been in the past, especially when we saw him iterate the exact same phrases to Kristen on camera Mm -hmm. that he has now said um, about Ariana and the state of their relationship, Mm -hmm. justifying his cheating. Same thing. Can we also mention when, so after Raquel says, I don't like the way your relationship has come across, he tries to explain that like, well, we were in that moment, you know, we were in that moment where like, and then he says, Ariana always talked down to me a little bit. And that was like the most negative part of their relationship. <laughs> and they showed this amazing clip package because he said that, you know, he would ask her like, oh, should I wear this or should I wear that? And like, she would be like really negative about it. And they show, <laughs> they show her being like, oh yeah, like, I think I prefer the red and not the green. And then he's like, but the fact that even he, like trying to spin this idea that Ariana was really negative towards him could only come up with, she talked down to me a little bit. And then she like turned it around and was like, you're so good at fashion. Yes, right. <laughs> okay, so this is what I love bombing, apparently. not like highlight and underline enough. In this moment, I felt like we got to see Tom start a sentence without knowing how he was going to finish it. Mm -hmm. And that's when like the cracks are starting to show here. He felt like this is a story about how Ariana takes me, tears me down, doesn't take me seriously, makes me feel less than unworthy, you know, fill in the blank with all this bullshit. He said said she called him dumb all the time, which I don't believe. Absolutely not. Um, but it almost seemed like he hadn't figured out yet how he was going to spin this as a negative 
like he was like ran out like off a diving board without understanding like what was going to come next. So Mm -hmm. the negative part of this, if I'm supposed to understand this correctly, is that she said, you're so good at fashion. And Rachel was just like nodding, like, yeah, I can definitely see how that's a bad thing. And maybe you're saying it's like a love bombing thing or something, but like he was explaining, he had said this, sorry, go ahead, Christine. Well, I think that he was saying that he was basically being like, well, in our entire relationship, Ariana always spoke down to me, but for this small period of time, she Mm -hmm. was giving me a claim. She said I was really good at fashion. She was being really nice to me. And that's Mm -hmm. what Sheena is referencing when they're saying that our relationship was really good. Like he was trying to like- Mm -hmm. That but see how there are like so many he said that on Howie Mandel as well yeah it it's like this isn't landing you know no, like no, oh no, our relationship was so bad that she was being really nice to me for this and that period of time and it was right and that nope. made it well, the part that was quote so bad was she talked she always talked down to me a little bit and she never got batteries and pens <laughs> yeah but I mean if you look at it like while I think what he's saying is completely like bullshit, he it is like kind of mind blowing that like he was with Ariana, who seems like a very confident, um, you know, woman who like speaks her mind and like isn't kind of this, you know, wallflower like in the corner, little like tiny, you know, help me little baby deer, which kind of is what Raquel is like so it's like mm-hmm. it's strange that or it's not even strange it's just like he's 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 digging himself into this hole of being like oh these things that are exactly why I ended up with Raquel were all the bad things about my relationship with Ariana when they're not bad things at all mm-hmm. that's like what's not landing mm-hmm. there was too like um uh, a bit that ended up on the pumped up version when they you know, and they showed when it aired, they showed a very quick snippet of them all eating lunch and being yes. recorded eating lunch. And in the pumped up version, there's an interesting part where um, that's, so that's a longer segment. And um, I think it's Lala and Ariana are talking about how, you know, when now, now their quote relationship is getting real because they're having to have, like, they don't have to sneak around and it's not as exciting and she's going to start making demands of him like real relationship demands right like she's probably you know up until this point the only time they've been able to hang out is like um at clubs at at their nightclubs or whatever at restaurants in group settings where it's like sneaking and exciting or they're like when they're hanging out like inside a house they're probably only having sex or they're sneaking around you know and that's exciting too so now like I think the first time that she asks like can we watch you know princess diaries or whatever he's gonna be like okay I'm out like can we watch princess Diaries? you know that's what she's watching well wait did you listen to Danny Pellegrino no <laughs> oh my god he was like literally went on for on and on and on about how like the one thing that he needs to know is what they watch together and that the only thing he can envision them watching is Muppet Babies. Oh, <laughs> that's not fair. Muppet Babies is actually a smart show. Like that's a good show. 
<laughs> I was thinking they'd probably watch like Yellowstone. That was my guess. Oh, okay. Like something that like is just, um, they don't even know why people like it, but they know that people like it. So they watch it and it's very accessible to like- I don't think that they watch. We'd probably just watch like TikToks of like Tom Sandoval and the most extras. Like that's probably I, what he would to watch. I think that they are like- I don't think that they watch anything, you guys. I think that they're like club rats. No, yeah, you're right. I, mean, I don't not think like club rats like in a true sense, but I think that they just go out. And then when they're yeah, not just going out, out, and then when, when they're inside, I, mean, I can't imagine like Molly and you know, like in a hot tub mm-hmm. or something and then passing out. You know, like I just don't think that they like cozy up with a. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's stuff. a. Ooh, speaking That's of drug use, can we talk about Whoa. this? What's doing coke in the bathroom was somebody doing coke in the bathroom and i don't know people were doing xanax on the stage though james james got up like i don't know four or five times and ran to the bathroom was he doing something in the bathroom there's no No. way that he was just getting upset and needed to pee wait it's funny because the reactions here were christine saying absolutely no and i was saying absolutely yes (laughs) i don't know why i'm like i don't know i've never i've never part partook (laughs) but um so I don't know if you can I don't know he did look he didn't look like sweaty I will say it's hard to tell with James like that is Mm -hmm. very very much he has a coke persona I mean let's be honest and I know that you know that is like the what the like eighth cast member of this crew is probably some sort of drug drug Maybe it's Costa. Maybe it's maybe Adderall. Costa. It's probably Adderall oh, yeah. most of the time. Yeah. Um, so maybe, uh, but you, I don't know. It, to me, I was just really shaken up by Schwartz taking out a full oh. fucking pill bottle. And, and I think James like called it out. He was like, do you have the pill bottle on hand? Like, so that's so weird. Like, do you think you need a Xanax? Put a pill in your pocket. Right. Like so, a normal red-blooded American. Person. Yeah. So right before, like literally like the, a nanosecond before he whips out the pill bottle, Sandoval goes, green light, green light. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yes. does that mean like they're not being like their camera isn't on right now? So Tom's gonna whip out the pill bottle, whatever. He takes his pill. And then everybody's like, What is that? What is that? And Sandoval's like leans over and he's like, you know, you, you can just say it. tell them other business, it's your medicine or whatever. It's like he really is like puppet mastering. Like all this is of exactly in my notes. I wrote Sandoval coaching with. Schwartz. He's coaching Schwartz. It's like at yeah. every turn, he's trying. He's trying to say like, oh, especially coaching people to be more um, close Reserve. to the chest Just or more this, guarded. He even said when he was talking to the producer, that poor Jeremy, who or whoever that poor man was, who was trying to yeah. tell Schwartz or Sandoval he couldn't take a an unfilmed break with Raquel. Well. The what I was going to mention before, too, is that that guy was like, you know, I hear you. What you want is to talk to Raquel off mic. And Tom's like, yeah. And I think to your earlier point is that, like, I think that he starting to have starting to starting sentences without knowing how they're ending. He was really like, okay, I need to rein this in and I need to talk to her and not have to, like he said, worry about what we're saying. And it's like, well, if you're worrying about what you're saying, then like, what are you, what are you hiding? Like, what are, you know, what are you trying to pull here? He's really telling on himself. Yeah, that was. No, go ahead. 
I was, I just remembered what I was going to say. Yeah, it's even with the way, and maybe this is a small thing, but when he was saying, I don't feel relaxed. And then he said, mm-hmm. she doesn't feel relaxed. Right. To me, it was like, you don't, okay. We've seen your entire interaction thus far be, been filmed here. She has never expressed I'm not relaxed or she, I would also like to talk off camera or whatever. Right. It was just, like, Honestly, she, didn't, she didn't emote. Mine's very relaxed. She never cried. She didn't seem honestly. She said that she was nervous. She, she didn't look nervous. She didn't act nervous. Like she acted bored. Yeah. Um. Her facial reactions yeah. when James was talking about her mom talking about his penis were the mm. funniest reaction shots. I was like, please gif gifify this. Yeah. Immediately. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it into a gift. You know what I thought was weird about the whole interaction with the producer? Which, I mean, maybe this is just my style, but like, he never was just like, no, the producer wasn't. The producer mm-hmm. was like, you're on camera. Like, there are cameras here. Like, if you want to go. like, yeah, everybody's kind of like getting recorded when they're together. Right. So it's like, like, if you want to go have lunch, you can do that. And, you know, it's like Tom's being. Why don't you go eat some lunch, like, Tom? I want it without a camera. And I'm just like, why can't you just be like, no, we're not. No, you're not allowed to, you know, it's like, like, this is the job. You you have a contract. Like, this is how it is. Like, if you don't want to get paid for today, like. I think they're afraid of losing him. I think they're afraid of him just saying like, I'm refusing to um, engage or give you anything or I'll do the bare minimum of, of what my contract allows. But if he starts to feel too constrained or restricted, I could definitely see mm-hmm. like the talent in any sort of way, be it Tom or someone else who's like flying off the handle. You have to really work them mm-hmm. um, and bend them and keep them malleable because you do have to get them to do things that are outside of their comfort zone or not what they want to do. So it's like a catch more flies with honey. Yeah, though I I agree. I think it it was frustrating to watch because you just want to say like, shut the fuck up, Sandoval. Like, Mm -hmm. you signed up for this show. You don't want to be on camera. Don't fucking be on camera then. Like, Mm -hmm. be done. This is what it is. Yeah, go try to make money with your band. Yeah, your shitty restaurants. You know, but I I do think just in watching, now that the fourth wall is being broken more and more, it is a much softer touch than I would have thought was happening from like a production lens Mm -hmm. i think they oftentimes you'll hear that like these producers stay friends with some of the people on these shows Mm -hmm. i mean i'll put friends in quotes because like what a weird dynamic that is yeah our differential yeah strange um but i think here it's like that that's how they keep you you know Mm -hmm. doing your job well as the talent on these shows is by Mm -hmm. remaining in their good graces, but maybe in some cases having to stay at like the very edge of friendship. I wonder who the, I would just love to have an interview with the person who's assigned to Raquel, you know, who like needs to be at her house. I, you know, I don't want to get past the Raquel of it all without saying that she said the pendulum swang the other way. Mm. that that was a funny haha moment for me mm-hmm. <laughs> okay so <laughs> oh, wait someone said something on um who was it i think I, I listened to mention it all today 
the podcast, the Betches podcast. Oh. They had a really good like summary or assessment of Raquel, which is that she's like the definition of like nothing upstairs, just like all vibe. Like, she's just a hundred percent vibe, no brains. Mm. It's like, yeah, that's so true. That's, like, yeah. Like, look at her. She's just like the walking. <laughs> okay, like walking I can give you an example. So she was on, so Sarah, I think you had clued me into this. Um, I went into uh, like back catalog of shenanigans. I've been listening to so much shenanigans lately. And I listened to um, the first time that um, Raquel was on talking about uh, her breakup with James. Okay, and, you did what um, I started to do and then fully gave up on. So okay. I'm so glad and that I was that actually like, <laughs> was finished. Okay, she sounds like she has some semblance of of an idea of like, she sounded more like lucid. Like she sounded like she had something going on in between her ears. Mm. I was like, okay, this is interesting. And then she said, um, she, you know, Sheena asked her like why, you know, she was interested on in coming on the show now like when she had previously said no to going on the podcast a bunch of times, I guess. And she said, um, well, I just want to tell my story in case it resonates with anyone. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, there's Raquel. There's Raquel. And we're back. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was, it was, but she did talk about how she wanted to, you know, uh, go do a master's f- to become um, a what is it? Occupational a, a therapist. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and she was like, "Oh my god, like that's so amazing! Like that'd be great for you." And and she's like, "So you've applied to colleges?" And Raquel's like, "Um, well, I've looked them up." Uh-huh. Okay. Well, and that, that is that the was, first <laughs> step. <laughs> that was it. Wait, so oh, she went to college. Goodness. Oh, right, she has her degree. She told Yeah, remember when James brought her on, she's she was finishing up college when she first got on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. This is her thesis. I, I'm just really interested in the language that Sandoval and her have been using, which is why my theory about what the reveal is going to be is something that I hold like so personally and like feel so strong and steadfast about is because they have literally said the phrases wanted to get our story straight regarding mm-hmm. timeline mm-hmm. we wanted to truncate another you know sat mm-hmm. word for miss raquel um how long it was going on like mm-hmm. to me yeah. there it, it's looking like it's being laid pretty bare here that things were percolating for much longer than we originally thought and i stick to this theory mm-hmm. that it maybe I don't know, maybe to when her and James were together is too far back. Maybe not. Maybe nothing was happening at that point, but they were flirting or there was something. I just don't see that Raquel is someone who would have left that relationship mm-hmm. willingly. You didn't have another line to swing to. Net or ha- exactly. Mm-hmm. Or without someone saying, why are you going to be with James? Why are you going to, like, if this mm-hmm. isn't the person you should be with, you're like just gassing her up, even if he wasn't saying you should be with me, but knowing that it was sort of like a breadcrumbing situation that might lead her towards. But my one thing 
The thing that the outstanding question mark for me is Charlie. Is the Charlie of it all? I think Charlie's <laughs> Charlie involved. I think. Do Charlie, we know this? I don't think. No, Charlie's not going to be on the show. She said. On what show? On the reunion. Yeah, because something happened. Like, but they haven't like teased Charlie at all. I know. That's why I'm wondering if, like, she's just, like, it's something crazy. Like, Like they're going to lower her from the ceiling and she's going (laughs) to drop some knowledge on us and just... I don't know, because then in... Scurry away. In that, um, whatever, I sent an Instagram, somebody was, like, Charlie's really afraid of what this, like, surprise information means for her. Or if it's going to, like, get her in trouble. (laughs) I mean, I think Charlie is not much smarter than Raquel miss like pasta stays in your body for your entire life like let us not forget I guess yeah I know where we've started with to be fair pasta stacked up in your tummy and that's why it makes you fat I know hey (laughs) don't say fat Oh god! I meant like P H A T, like stacks up to the point that like you can't eat anything else because it's just in your body forever. It like you just like if you open your mouth, you can see a rigatoni (laughs) sticking out. (laughs) I don't know. I'm sure somebody told her that, and like she believed it the way that kids believe that like if you you eat a watermelon seed, like a watermelon will grow in your tummy. Hundred percent. That was scary. Um, so okay, there was something... that she's not she's not involved. I guess I don't think so. I really don't. I really do believe in Sarah's theory. I believe Sarah's theory too. I just think Charlie might be part of it. You just want Charlie to like pop in and be like, "I said it. I said that." Maybe she's the one who told Ooh. the producer so, or something. Maybe that's yeah. it. Here's my yeah. question: Did you both? So you both watched the pumped up version. In that, yeah. did you see the clip that I was referencing when we were texting last night? Yeah, that was saying yes. wait until the last five minutes of episode yes. three. Right, and it showed it was like an off-camera producer saying, "Are you ready to tell the truth?" Exactly, and Raquel taking a big deep breath. Like I think there's also like breadcrumbs of Raquel trying to kind of cover all of her bases and make Sandoval, you know, make herself look like another one of Sandoval's victims by um you know what she said to Andy that um you know uh Ariana she she painted the phone call with Ariana as something that very different from what Ariana reported which was like you know she said thank you for and I told Ariana the truth and Ariana said thank you for telling me the truth because Tom would never have told me the truth Mm -hmm. but what we know is that Ariana did ask her what happened and she said that they kissed and then she pressed Tom later that same evening and he admitted that they had sex in the car right so and I think like with her bringing his um you know the possibility that he would cheat on her on camera in, in their weird like galaxy light scene together and then in the RV talking about how she doesn't like, you know, the way that he, the way that their relationship is being depicted. And it sounds like, you know, um, (laughs) she said something like, it sounds like Ariana really was interested in working on the relationship and making it work. And maybe she thought that because you never broke up with her. (laughs) And he was like, yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. That and she also wild. said to Andy, I was hoping, see, why I also think like that they started this way before, like even when she was with James, is how, how often she says, I was never really in love with James. I never felt heard by James. I never felt this way with James. Like, I just don't think if you're going from a five-year relationship where you're engaged and then you break it off because of whatever, which by the way, she never really, she never really got down to the reason why yes. on shenanigans. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, she said there wasn't one particular reason. There was a lot of little things or whatever. And, um, and she actually cited his, his problems with her family were a, a bigger part of it and that she couldn't see them having like Christmas together, basically. Mm. So she had to choose her family over James. And the irony of Sa her family hating Sandoval is pretty great. Yeah, as well. great. Still no Christmas. So yeah. So <laughs> until no Christmas, bitch. <laughs> so I do think like she did tell Andy, like, um, I hoped that he was going to break up with her and I and then we could be together. And I think that there was a lot of this talk from Tom being like, Yeah, I'm gonna we're gonna break up, we're gonna break up, and then we can be together. Like this is how it's gonna go. Mm -hmm. And I think that went on for like two years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's the classic like man cheating on his wife story that mm -hmm. you hear of the mistress being strung along and saying he's going to leave her. He's going to mm -hmm. leave her. He's going to leave her and he's going to leave her this month and like we're going to have this life that he promised me and whatever. It's like we've seen it play out in movies yeah, um, and yeah. books mm -hmm. and you know, yeah. song, country songs. Well, you know, it's like it's, it's said, you know, we we haven't had sex in over a year. We never you like we're never physical like she's mean to me like blah blah and then for her to hear like yeah they were they've been very intimate that month like blah blah like that probably really <laughs> fucked yeah. her up right when you look at tom as a whole and you look at how like every single thing is like manipulated and calculated and planned and it, well, it, it all makes perfect sense, like why he frustrates like the public so much. And I think why people are so obsessed with this is because you just kind of want someone to be like, yeah, I'm sorry, I fucked up. Like, this is just a big mistake. And instead, he's just mm -hmm. trying so hard to like, like, you know, like get this chokehold around like the story and his image and like all of this stuff. And it's like, it's just like that. I don't know. I just have this image of someone like trying to like, just like choke a statue and it like crumbling, you know, like mm -hmm. he's not gonna make it any better. And in fact, he's just making it worse for himself when like the reality is if he just came clean and like tried to let go of all of this shit, like not, not only everything that he did with the affair, but I think like what is his personality, which is like being a complete like control freak, like master curator of everything and i think he uses his gener this generosity sure thing like part of his personality like as as a way to control people and as a way also to you know um ingratiate himself um i don't think he has i don't think he particularly has like close relationships with people i think he ingratiates himself to people mm -hmm. yeah that that became clear when he was speaking to Tom, um, to James Brennan about 
paying for the whole Rachella, or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. it was called, and Raquella. Rachella, yeah. That was when we first learned her name was Rachel. Rachella. Oh, and it goes okay. with Coachella. Right. right. But I thought it would be Raquella, but it's Rich. Okay. Anyways, doesn't Rachella matter. because her name is Rachel. Yeah. yeah. He dropped 10 grand. He did this huge gesture, to your point, on of like showing this performative generosity and then yet when james said to him we were so close we were like brothers and he was like sandoval's response was no we weren't that's what you called me and like as soon as that narrative no longer serves its purpose to Mm -hmm. tom it's gone poof Mm -hmm. 10 grand you know this whole thing out the window didn't happen it was only when that was like serving whatever tom was trying to do at that moment Mm -hmm. That it was worth it. And like you see, what did he say when he was like in that whole producer scene? He said, I'm in a very delicate position. position. And to me, it was like he's understanding how tenuous this current uh-huh. situation is. And that like he needs to figure out how he's gonna like sidestep his way out of it the way he's done time and time and time again. I mean, talk about semantics. That use of that word position instead of state. It's like mm-hmm. not about yes. me and how I'm feeling. It's about how I look mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. in this group. Mm-hmm. And then like at some point someone said on some podcast, I didn't hear this, but like when he got up and walked away before Sheena gave the good as gold record to Andy, he was like under his breath or something. He was like, I'm blowing it. Or he said something. Yes. Like he's that. like, you're fucking it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh my God. So it's like, he's it's just like- unraveling in this like, but he, he just is, and I think like this is the thing that I, we've had such a hard time putting our finger on, but I think like he truly is the epitome of fake. He's just like a fake person. Mm-hmm. You know, people say that all the time about people and they mean it in a million different ways, but I think like he truly is just a fake person. And I think it's based on like deep, 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 deep insecurities. Sure. I mean, like he has no he's got no floor under him like he's I mean yeah I think that's what makes him this target for all of this attention and all in all of this is like there's nothing scarier I think just generally speaking than thinking you can trust someone who they are who they show themselves to be for and then so to long, see that it's all literally it's for like, 10 years yeah this is why we love you know america loves serial killers they love ted bundy they love these sort of stories of people who appear one way on the outside and then you know you flip the tapestry over to reveal something so dark and i think i mean this is sort of what i was saying about raquel it's like in that scene with ariana where she you know that we've like people have really mulled over where Rachel seems to be like drilling Ariana about their sex life and like you should want to have sex with Tom and all of that to me that felt like her tr- knowing what we know now like trying to get Ariana to um confirm all the things that Sandoval had been saying about their relationship oh. and I think I'm looking at mm-hmm. that so differently now than I did when I first saw it where it just kind of felt like oh is this her trying to do some sort of like weird brag is she getting off on this is like whatever but i think Mm -hmm. it's more of her saying like can you corroborate this story that sandoval has told me that you guys are not having sex and because you can imagine him being like you know you can imagine him saying to her like ariana doesn't 
even like me. Like she's annoyed by me. Like she never wants me around. Um, you know, she, she talks down to me a little bit. And then to have Ariana say to Raquel, like, I think he's super hot. Like I'm super into him. Like mm. I love him so much. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I think that must've been a real like mind fuck for her. And that's probably why she's not having a lot of reaction. You know, she's in this moment. I can only assume that she's going through and saying like, who do I trust? You know, like, how do I, who did I choose to believe? I mean, if even like that level of self-reflection is happening, granted, I'm probably giving well, her too much credit. But this moment with the producer where she was like, I think it was after um, Sheena had been crying and talking about her daughter being uh-huh. upset where everyone was bawling and you know I, I think a producer, yeah a producer must have asked her like you know what are you feeling or whatever and Raquel's just like yeah just like just like regrets just like as things are unfolding and sneaking in I'm just like you know there's like more regrets and I'm like tell your fucking face like right. I don't she know was also like oh now I think I should have written Sheena a personal note Right. And when she sat down with Andy, it was such a clearly rehearsed, like, I'm feeling nervous, but I feel like I have to, you know, I'm glad that I'm here and I feel like I have to take accountability for what I've done. And Mm -hmm. I am here to do that. Yeah. I'm like, good job, Raquel. You did it. Now go backstage, put on your swimsuit for the next segment of the show right right right. and I don't want to be I don't want to go down in it in history as a Raquel apologist but I just feel like (laughs) I don't want that for you either I don't want I don't want that on my name I don't want that for my lineage like that's not where I want to position I'm in a delicate guys I'm in a delicate position and I don't (laughs) want that for myself but I will say I don't know if I think she's evil as if I as much as I think she's dumb and misled yeah oh yeah i'm totally i'm totally on the same page with that i thought she was evil at first i was thinking sociopath evil mm-hmm. behavior and now i'm like I don't, I didn't I don't think it's evil but i did think she was like sociopathic you didn't think she was subhuman demented i forget what the third adjective yeah. was but um i do think that she has some kind of dissociative like personality disorder or something there's something there personality disorder something is wrong but what if showing any emotion what if that was two years of someone that you slowly started to trust like made all these claims to you and you believe them and now all of a sudden your worldview has been flipped upside down like do you think you would be reacting the way people would expect you to react in real time i don't know I, I, I don't know, Sarah, as someone who separates you, like, themselves no, from their emotions, no. there's a part of me that feels like I could see, I, I mean, if anybody knows how to disassociate, it's this bitch. And like, I know I can separate myself from my full body and experience like that is well-worn path I guess, for me. I would just say, Sarah, like that does not resonate with me because <laughs> I have never once in my entire life not felt the entire spectrum of emotions. Right. So I don't, I don't, I can't relate. I can't relate to that. 
I just don't. Maybe she's just Xanax to the hilt at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's just like she can't even. You tell the mushrooms and E, like E can absolutely fry your fucking brain. Totally can. Yeah, I mean, if she's doing like Molly every day. Oh, actually, okay. Remember last last time I said that um, Sandoval looked like he was super bloated in the finale, and he looked fucking terrible. Mm -hmm. I think like. I was like, he looks like he's fucking on ketamine. Like mm-hmm. he's his face is so like his eyes are so dark and like I don't know. I was it came to me suddenly because I I dated a DJ for a while and he We're did like, do this is ketamine. Yeah. And I was like, oh okay, yeah. Now I remember like why oh, is this sense. look? Why is this overall look so familiar to me? I was like, oh yeah, ketamine. And if he's doing mushrooms. He's doing E. He's doing E. He's like doing a bunch of other fucking party drugs. Sure. Sure. Wait, you guys, there's another thing that they talked about on um on Jackson Brittany's podcast. Mm-hmm. At Real With Us or whatever it's called. Reality Reality Bites? Reality hits? Yes. One reality hits. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With um Sheena and Brock about how like Raquel was given up by her mom and like raised by her aunt. Oh, yes. yes. They had a brief and thing about that on season I 10. I remember hearing that. Yeah. It's yeah. like a weird, a weird situation because her mom, the person she calls her mom is her biological aunt. Right. Yeah. She said this like mid um, panic attack coming back from like Lake Havasu or she something. She did. She said that in, in the car. She, it, that was talked about in season 10 and I and they talked about that Andy talked about that with her on watch what happens live like she she flushed out the relationship on watch what happens yeah I live. could be misremembering when she said it I just remember I kind of thought it like had something it was on to the do show with it definitely the was panic. on the show which was, that was that was a really interesting reveal oh yeah it wasn't it wasn't like Havasu because that was this yeah. season but um um, okay, so we do need to talk about something else while what? we still have time. And that is the perhaps the longest pause in the history of television. Yeah. When Andy asks Tom, do you think that Sheena hit Raquel? <laughs> and he sits there for so long that Andy's like, are you okay? Are you okay? And Lisa <laughs> was even like, why and are Lisa, you answering? Yes, like, it's not that fucking hard, like, answer the question. Right. And he, you know, I think on in the pumped up version, they added that he said, I'm, I'm worried about, I'm in between a rock and a hard place because I'm worried about screwing up my relationship, my friendship with Sheena, but I want to tell the truth. Uh-huh. And then goes on to, you know, and I love probably Ariana shutting him down and saying, Oh yeah, now we're gonna hear it from the liar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hear the truth from the liar. Or I mean, she had such good clapbacks in this yeah. moment. It was like, yes, there was a lot of like epic uses of the F word in the first episode. And I feel like this episode, we got to see her call him an idiot. She shushed mm-hmm. him. She, you know, it was like all the, we got to see yeah. a few different you variations. to the side of my face now. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was good. I mean, I, someone said on something I was listening to, to today that he paused for so long because he didn't have time to check with Raquel, like first mm-hmm. about what, like yeah, what the story is. Say. What she told yeah. Andy. 
uh, on their one-on-ones. Well, yeah. that's probably what he wanted to check in with her about when they did, um, when he wanted to speak to her off mic, like, what did you tell Andy yesterday? You know, whatever. I don't know. But, but um, it was, I mean, my, sorry, I just have to say my favorite part in the trailer though, was when he kept recounting like everything that was happening. And she was like, yeah. And he was like, and then this happened. And she's like, I know. And then she's like, I've been watching it. And he's like, oh, you have? And she's like, yes. And then he's like, yeah. And they're totally trying to paint us out like this. And she's just like, yes. Like, I was like, dude, shut mm-hmm. up. Do you think she's just here staring at the wall? I mean, I would understand that that would be a reasonable thing for her to spend her afternoon doing, but it, I, I do have to say though, with all of this going on, I still think the darkest, most evil person on this show is Tom Schwartz. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The way that I, 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 I don't even know the way that he talks to Katie is so dark the way that he tries to like position things and whatever i don't know i just see him as like he's so spineless he's so cruel and cold in his delivery of things to her and yet gets away with this like puppy dog bullshit arc or whatever you want to call it like to me there's there's nothing darker than tom schwartz doing yoga being you know he is like Beelzebub. Like you could you could unzip his skin and and for sure like worms and spiders would come out. Yeah. Like yeah. he's seriously, I don't know. I've never seen like a more toxic person on television. Yes. And I also and I love that Lala called them out, called them out on their drinking, saying, mm-hmm. you know, if we're gonna talk about overconsumption mm-hmm. here, yes. then like you should be talking to like, you know, these two yeah. ding dongs. And I, I do think it made me think like if there were if there were women on the show who were over consuming in the same way that I think the Toms do, we would probably have a much different, even though we don't like the Toms, I don't feel like that's part of why I hate them mm-hmm. or think poorly of them. But that's something for me to interrogate about my own internalized misogyny, about why I don't hold that against them the way that I probably would hold that against a woman if she were openly drinking and like as reliant on alcohol on the show, like the two of them are. Mm -hmm. I think it's actually not even like, it's not even the part of the show, like the issues with their drinking, like James has had a whole narrative about issues with his drinking. Um, Obviously Lala has um, like Katie, Katie. but like for them, it's just, I, I don't know. Like it's just, and Schwartz has done, heinous shit and blamed it on his drinking has cheated on his wife countless times <laughs> and they're just like well it's because he was fucking drunk and that's okay right I, I don't know he gets away with it but like the way you know in this episode they talked about um you know there was the great line about like you're a serial killer's wet dream because you're friends with everyone but I think it's like he also uses like this goofy personality thing and like being friends with everybody in a very um, self-interested kind of way. Mm-hmm. And it it's interesting that like the only person who he doesn't defend, he doesn't like, you know, think the best of at all points is like his life partner. Mm-hmm. I mean, how heartbreaking was that when Katie said like, I thought when I wasn't his wife, he might 
like stand up for me or like go to bat for me in these ways. But she's like, that doesn't even matter. It's just me as a person. I think that she has his number and that he, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't want that. Like he wants to disrespect her and, um, you know, make her out to seem like such a terrible person so much that when she tells the truth on him, that people, you know, just think that she's being like nasty Katie, you know, rage, rage texting. She's the whipping boy. Like we all mm-hmm. need someone to pass the blame to at some point. And he does, especially when he's so um, confrontation averse and she's a really easy target, especially when you see like how the audience has like collectively turned on her and, you know, even many podcasts we listen to have turned on her and the way that they discuss yeah. her and all of that is like crazy when you actually zoom out and think about what we're dealing with here, yeah. which is like a very, at least verbally, if not emotionally abusive partner mm-hmm. and and it get, just gets away with it scot-free and celebrated for it as being such like a, you know, roll with the punches kind of guy mm-hmm. when at every turn, like any confrontation he's had, he somehow found a way to make Katie mm-hmm. the culprit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think this, con- this, uh, this thing with like, I just want to suggest that maybe this confrontation aversion that he plays up on the note is just another way to like get away with shit I I don't think that it's a real thing because he doesn't you know he's fucking spilled beer on people's heads he's like um his wife you know yeah but anyone else or Mm -hmm. just his wife I think honestly it's just I don't know like I think it's it's that he knows I think with everybody else they just accept this well, he's just quirky shorts, you know, like get, getting his shorts back. And like, he's just this guy who wants to play pickleball with Randall. And like, I don't know, like, I think everybody just accepts that at face value. And when, and when obviously when you're someone's life partner, like, you know, them way better than anybody else. And I, and she knows what she's dealt with for a decade over a decade. And he's, he doesn't like her because he she understands who he is and is like you're not acting right like you need to change the way that you act and he fucking hates that so he fucking hates her but I think he's very comfortable with confrontation he just doesn't do it with anybody else right right well it's incredible how much smart stuff can be said about such dumb tv so now we want to try a new segment on the show to cool things down um, by recommending some smart shit to balance out your week. So by no means are we suggesting you turn off Bravo for this stuff instead. But if you're looking for something to interest the other side of your brain, um, I'm going to kick things off by plugging um, this YouTube creator. Um, it's at Plants with Crystal. She's on Instagram and TikTok as well, but um, <laughs> I'm watching her on YouTube because I'm a grandma. Um so she does, uh, she gives like really great tips and tricks on plant care, mostly cacti and like indoor plants and stuff like that. She has a great sense of humor. Um, I've never been great at keeping plants. Um, my mother was like, had a, has an, an incredible green thumb and we always had tons and tons of plants around the house, but I always like, I could never keep a plant alive. And um, I really, I always wanted to, I like that vibe. 
So uh, she really, it, you know, it was kind of like ironic that like this YouTube channel made me feel very connected to nature and plants. So now I have like a ton of plants in my house and they're all doing relatively well. And I feel like, you know, I go plant shopping. Like I feel like I'm doing this thing that I've kind of always wanted to do. So I recommend Plants with Crystal. It's Crystal with a K. She's really great. Sarah? Sounds great. I'm going to check her. I just repotted 20 plants this past weekend. Oh my gosh. Repotting is there. I get so scared when I do it. It's, it's crazy. And then I'm afraid that like my daughter's going to eat the little white things in the dirt. So I was like mm-hmm. out there leaf blowing for an hour afterwards to, it's the whole thing, but all my plants seem great. They're thriving at the moment, but I only do it once a year, which plant people don't come for me, but it is what it is. Um, My suggestion this week is a book, a new book that came out in April called The Wellness Trap by Christy Harrison. So she's the woman who wrote the book Anti-Diet, and that sort of led her on this journey to start thinking about all these other things that we buy into for the sake of wellness and how a lot of that is bogus bullshit and... Mm -hmm just helping us to be a little bit more critical of the things that we buy into when we're start trying to think of like, you know, sort of what does this wellness thing make me think about myself? And is that why I like it? Or because it's actually backed by science or fact or fill in the blank. So it's called The Wellness Trap, Christy Harrison. She has a great podcast called Rethinking Wellness, which is a great sort of way into this information um, or this topic if you're interested. Sweet. I love both of those. I don't have one right now. Um, Okay. So thank you so much for listening to episode two of Dumb 101, the smart podcast about dumb shit. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week to wrap up Vanderpump Rules reunion, which has promised to deliver some earth shattering information. And if it does, for sure, we're going to dig into it. I can't wait. I want to thank my two co-hosts, Sarah, who produces the show, and Christine, who is responsible for our incredible logo. (laughs) For Debt 101, I'm Anna, and class is dismissed. (laughs) 